And joining us now, pleased to have with us here on the program, Stephen Nicholson, global strategist of grains and oil seeds with Rabobank joining us here today. And Steve, thanks so much for the time here and joining us on the program today. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for having me, Jesse. It's good to have a chat. It's uh, been a eventful week, to say the least. It has been a very eventful week. <laughs> We're going to talk about that here during yeah. our discussion today uh, over the grades and oil seeds. But I want to kick things off to set us up a little bit. I know uh, Robo Research, you guys just put out a North American agribusiness review. A right. lot of different topics here in this review yep. for April, looking at grains, looking at farm inputs, etc., can you maybe just give us some of the highlights from sure. that report, at least sure. grain and oilseed wise first? Yeah, it's absolutely. So this is a, a I guess is a every other month report. It does cover all the grains and oilseeds. Uh, we do cover other things as well. But, you know, some of the highlights when you think about and we'll start with wheat because wheat's the most you hate to say this, but wheat's the most interesting crop out there right now um, that you don't get to say that very often about wheat. Um, but, you know, talking about the situation of, you know, weather in the southern plains which is not where you're having too much water there they're not having enough water um, and that situation is not getting better the other thing i think around that and this also impacts the corn market is the whole you know black seed grain initiative you're not seeing you know russia you know we're coming up on this deadline for russia on may 19th who said you know the agreement was only for 60 days not 120 days can't seem to agree in russia's you know rab riding a lot of sabers I think just the, I think the thing that need to be cautious of here is that we can see a lot of volatility around that time period, around particularly the wheat market. Corn may get a little bit of the backlash of that as well uh, as to what Russia does do. I, my the optimistic side of me is that Russia does a lot of saber rattling. This is a lot of saber rattling. When it's all said and done, after a lot of maybe some tantra tantrums, they'll they'll be back and we'll move on. Um, but corn is is likely the big disappointment here. Uh, the exports just aren't very good. Uh, acres, you know, still have pretty good corn acres in the U.S. this year. One of the, one of the topics we had. And, I, and, of course, that's going to be a topic as we go forward with both the markets, what the markets are doing, and, of course, what Mother Nature decides for us this spring. And so we'll have to wait and see where that comes out. And so those are some of the highlights. I think the other last thing is, of course, there's a whole Chinese demand situation. You know, is that good? Is it bad? Is it is it bad for us because they don't like us or, you know, some sort of political issue or, you know, what it is. They seem to be cozying up to the Brazilians right now. But as I always remind people on China, you know, China, if nothing, is pragmatic. And if they need something and we have it at the price they want, they will come to the table and buy. It's, that's, the good, that's the good thing about the Chinese. So a lot, a lot in there. Yeah, a lot in there. And I'm glad you brought up China because I think yeah. that will help us with our discussion here because yeah. I've been getting a lot of feeling and hearing from a lot of other folks that they feel like there's a lot of demand destruction going on right now in this market. Do you think that we're seeing that right now, Steve? You know, it's a really interesting question. It's one that we've wrestled with a lot. And, I, and I've wrestled with personally thinking about because people go, well, these high prices and demand destruction and you know, the recession and, you know, everything's bad and it's gloom and doom. And and I, I sat back and I, I'm going to focus a little bit on the vegetable oils because that's the one that's really the easiest to see from a month to month period. And we do see softness in that market, particularly from a price perspective. But it was instructive when you think about what where we've been. You think about we went into COVID, you know, demand just went through the floor because people all stayed home and went to the grocery stores. So food service, restaurants, quick serve, that all went out the door. But as you remember, as we got into late, 
well, let's say early 21, mm-hmm. people, people were done. Now, right, wrong, or different, people were done and they wanted to go back out. So what happened? You saw this huge, what I call, and I put in quotes, post-COVID demand. You saw this huge surge in post-COVID demand and the market wasn't ready for that because there was you know, labor issues and transportation issues and all that. And so we had this huge surge in demand. And so, and, and from a, a buyer's point of view, they want to get in the front of the line because they didn't want to get stuck and not have supply. And so you saw a lot of um, increase in inventory. So you had that huge surge of demand. And now people are going, oh my gosh, demand destruction is going apart. But if you look at the oil, if you look at domestic demand for oil through January, soybean oil, it's 2% above a year ago. And you're going, kind of scratch your head and think, well, why is that? And I think what's happened is, is this perception of we have this huge demand and it's now it's it's back to normal and it but it's still it's still good demand and so it looks like a soft demand when it really isn't. Um, a good example is corn. You think about corn exports the last two years have been tremendous, and now we have sort of pedestrian. And it's like oh boy, this is demand destruction looks bad. So I don't want to be all gloom and doom about it. I, I think it's just it's a normalizing of of that demand sector because we came through pretty two pretty crazy years uh, mm-hmm. of COVID. And I, and I think we just have to recognize that. So I, I'm not probably, in, I'm not in the camp that, oh, this looks horrible. Now, when you look at, and people say, well, high prices and recession and all that sort of thing. If you look at domestic demand for corn, wheat, and soybeans, whether it's here in the United States or globally, and you put, and you start to put, you know, recessions on top of it, you don't see this big downdraft. And you do see and even high prices doesn't don't have doesn't have a big impact on that domestic demand. It does impact exports, and so that's what we're seeing right now is where exports are pulling back a little bit, particularly on the corn side. But again, I think the other thing we're having, even in the GDP, it mentioned it today, the outcome today, is that we see a drawdown in inventories. <clears throat> and my guess is, as we go forward here over the next couple three months, people are going to have to replenish inventories, or they're going to have to come back to the table to get some coverage. So. You know, I think it's we're kind of in this up and down right now, and we haven't quite find that the, the sweet spot if you have it. Well, Steve, with everything going on here yeah. this last week or so, I mean, we've seen a lot of fund selling, managed money, getting out of positions here yeah. in this market and, and pushing through a lot of a lot of different key support levels here as we're yeah. going into the end of the month. Is there some worry just about a a correction here in these gray markets that we've been seeing the last week or so? Yeah, I think that's it. And and you kind of hit on a little bit when you talk about, you know, technicals. I think this market is, there's a a couple things happening here. So one of all, the market hasn't had new news to feed on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're still talking about the war. We just talked about demand destruction. We're talking about... You know, what's China going to do? This is not new news. This is kind of news that we already know. And so the market's like, well, I don't have anything to talk about. So it's, you know, we're the, the easiest, the, the path of least destruction is down or path of least um, resistance is down. And so I think the market's reacting to that. I do think, too, is you're obviously today you're running up against that delivery uh, for the May. And so people are trying to get out of the May and, you know, kind of move their positions a little far forward. And the funds, we can argue about the funds. Are they leaders? Or are they followers? And they will argue to their followers. But and you mentioned it earlier in our when we we're talking off the air, you know, you start to hit the algorithms, the computer trading, what, whatever description you want to use. And so this gets a little what I would say over. Um, it just gets overdone. 
and you mm -hmm. start to look at some of the technicals on these markets and the RSIs and stuff, you know, you're getting to a place now where the market's like, we're oversold. And I would think we're getting pretty close to that spot. And I'm a little worried. You look at these corn breaking through some from old some old lows today uh, as we as we look at this on the Thursday, the 27th. And you have to think, oh, boy, is there more, what what is there more downside here? So as I always say, you know, one day doesn't make a trend. So let's see what the next couple of days look like before we get too excited one way or the other about this. But it does seem like there's a lot of technicals that has been driving the market of late rather than just the fundamentals because the fundamentals are still solid. Well, Steve, tying in with all of this, of course, our yeah. farmers are planting a very yeah. expensive crop right now. The yes. cost of inputs has yeah. been on the rise. What are your thoughts with just the state of farm inputs tying into yeah. all of this? Yeah. So we've been talking about the state of farm inputs for 23 really since almost the end of planning in 22. Um, and one of the things we've talked about, and we've had a lot of questions about what do I do with my 23 crop? And we've talked about understand where your costs are, what are your margins, what can you, and, and what, do you have a goal? Do you want to, you know, what's, is it a percentage goal? Is it a, is it a, you know, so many cents per bushel or a dollar goal, whatever it is, if, you know, let's determine that goal and then market to that. Um, and so now you start to look at corn, um, you know, getting closer to that $5 area on the board. Now, granted, basis it remains still fairly stiff, um, fairly tight. So that helps, but you're getting to the point where corn is, you know, it's it's costing five dollars or more to put it in the ground this year because of whatever, you know, whatever major machinery costs or di you know, diesel costs or land costs or fertilizer costs or seed costs, whatever. It's all of them this year. Um, you know, you're now getting to a place where it's a little bit more that that margin gets a little squeezed. <clears throat> we do say do still think that 23 will be a positive margin here for most producers, but you have to be able to lock that that margin in to to say that I have a positive margin for the year. So, you know, if I was a producer right now, I certainly you look at this downdraft here the last several days, you think, now what do I do? And and that's a tough call. Um, again, if you don't have anything on for 23, then you need to do some, you know, you need to really get that paper, that, that pencil sharpened up and really look about where you are and what you can lock in. Do you, can you lock in some margin now? Yeah, I think that, you know, if you can do that, you probably ought to do that. And if that's the worst margin you lock in for the year, so be it. But if you've got some coverage in front of you, then you've got a little bit more cushion to kind of weight this out a little bit to see if you get a little backup. Let's say it, the weather turns bad over the next 10 days. And right here, in the, you know, we get, I mean, we get out of the fields for a week. You know, that's going to, the market's going to pay attention to that a little bit. Um, so it, it, again, I know it's a busy time of year producers. I get it but it's also time you need to pay, you know, you gotta pay attention as well. Steve, great thoughts and great analysis and advice. Any uh, final thoughts you want to mention or reiterate for folks here today? Yeah. Great question. I, I always, you know, I, I always think about, you know, where the farmer is, what he's thinking about. And I think the, the thing is that there's so much coming at him or her so fast these days, it's hard to keep up with it. And, and I would certainly, um, you know, farmers have just got to be paying attention all the time and 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 just don't feel, you know, spring is a time where farmers can get pretty overwhelmed. I get it. Um, but just take that breath and then, you know, do what you can control. And, and the thing is, you can control what your what your decision making is. No one else can do that. Only you. So look at those margins, pay attention uh, and keep track of it. 
Well, we appreciate the time with that. Steven Nicholson, global strategist, grains and oil seeds with Rumble Bank. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Jesse. Great to talk to you.